Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 178, and today we'll be talking about Dugout. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Dugout, also known as Flashlights Don't Work That Way, the episode. <laughs> yeah, okay, so let's see. Number of problems with the flashlight. We have the batteries run out uh, halfway through the episode. Although, you know, maybe he's been using it for a while. I mean, like, it's it's unlikely, but it could happen. We have shadows at a really close distance are apparently really huge. What else we got? And then the with him throwing it in the the chamber where he, he throws it and it barely, it almost reaches the button, then boomerangs straight back. Hey, that's just the laws of cartoon physics. Yes, the laws of cartoon physics. <laughs> And then the infinitely uh, head-thwacking flashlight that only goes after Doug's head. No one else's. <laughs> well, you know, it's just at his height because it's a little t- yeah. he's a little taller yeah. than the gang. Yeah. <laughs> so um, a few a few flashlight rules were broken. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I I enjoy seeing Steven Universe try to apply any type of of uh, laws of physics or really any science concept. So even though that's probably not exactly how momentum and centrifugal force work, uh, I was okay with it. <laughs> it's fine, and physical comedy's good. I like how when they're leaving the chamber, Steven just boom kicks the door open. Like it's like he could have just opened it. <laughs> I know the, when he was like pulling out it initially it's like talk about wanton property damage he's not like uh he's not like Spider-Man it seems where his strength is just always activated and he can't control it you know it's kind of like he can well I guess Spider-Man learns how to control it too but it's just like I don't know yeah, Steven's not gonna be like oops don't know my own strength it, it's just gonna be like no I was just kicking this guy hard mm-hmm. Well, sometimes he doesn't know how strong he is because he punched his dad and he just about <laughs> murdered well, his organs. Greg, Greg had told him to give it all he had. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure true. that was still him holding back. Because Stephen could probably shatter stone if he gave it everything he had. Mm-hmm. Stephen's leveled up. Yeah, okay, speaking of... But Stephen, why... What was his concern about the legality of operating a deep fryer and whether or not you needed a license? I mean, he's already pretty hyper afraid of the law. You know, he was concerned about eating his bits earlier. Yeah, he was he was worried that they were coming to get him for ordering (laughs) off menu. So, I mean, what what has this kid done that he's hiding that that he some weird past with deep fryers ordering off menu? I think with the off menu thing, it was just a, a horrible horrible flashback to the food wars mm-hmm. you know that the food wars were vicious and i mean it would make complete sense to steven that there would be an organization dedicated to preventing that from ever happening so then when does his use of a deep fryer uh his unlicensed deep fryer come into play i just it was a weird weird joke for them to pop in there but okay maybe there's another onion episode waiting for us hmm Steven breaks into Funland with onions so they can use the deep fryer and make themselves corn dogs. <laughs> but what kind of sick person tries to get their fun at Funland at night? I know, you know, I know, right? It's just, it's just awful. Now I'm getting this mental image of Mr. Smiley dressed up as Batman watching over Funland at night. I think he is the hero that Funland deserves. Mr. Mahesh Warren definitely fits into a Robin type role. So I could see that that duo going up against the world. <laughs> yeah. 
So we got to know Mr. Maheshwarn better than uh, any other time in the show. Um, you know, I guess that was a good experience for us. He was pretty good in Fusion Cuisine, though. Yeah, we definitely got a goofier side to him here. Um, he was pretty he was goofy a- even back then, too. I yeah. mean, remember, good thing this place has unlimited breadsticks. And Priyanka's like, <laughs> and then the whole, <laughs> that whole no dinner for a thousand years thing was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, he got a little out more out of his strict parent humor into, you know, just trying to impress his daughter. Yeah, just being sweet. the cool dad. That was nice to see. How do you know I'm not undercover? Right now. I know. And then the poor guy's ego, his daughter offers him a clown nose to wear. I mean, jeez. <laughs> it's a little bit too real there, Connie. Yeah. So I don't know really are some of these episodes with townies featured i wonder is it just for the excitement of exploring the character just at that time or do we continue building on them and does connie's family continue to be an important place of support or or do we see that more in the show or is this like the most exposure we ever get to mr mahesh warren and i you know if that's it it's just kind of like i don't know if i ever super loved him as a character just because of his one or two big you know features like it was, I don't know. How do you feel about Mr. Maheshwaran so far it, from this episode? I like him. I think it would be cool if they did a short with him, like Beach City Beat. And just a, just a short little thing of him being a security guard in Beach City. Mm. That'd be fun. And then they could do a follow-up Beach City ER. Yeah, I also, it would be cool to, I'm a sucker for backstories. Maybe that's why I watch Steven Universe. But I could totally see a, like, Mr. and Mrs. Maheshwaran like their starting career type thing where like it's a short but it's like what does it take for him to get into the security business like if he's a goof now what was he a goof like 20 years ago you know and mm-hmm. then like getting into the hospital business i'm feeling this because then we have that cut but then i get to see more of rose in the past and really don't put me on writing episodes because i cannot write them but i have weird desires so there you go that's okay i'm the person you call up if you want to have a beach city underground spinoff I'm very curious about just the whole onion running from Topaz and Aquamarine thing that's set up in this episode. Because they're sitting in the car, uh, Doug and the kids, and then they hear the they hear what is presumably Topaz breaking into the park. I mean, you thought that was her breaking in, didn't you? Yeah, I don't really. I mean, she can fly. So... Well, Aquamarine can fly. Topaz. Can oh yeah, right, right, fly. right. Topaz. They were trying to avoid being seen by people and trying to get Onion. I don't know how they went through figuring out which people were Onion or whatever, but somehow they found out and were chasing him. Onion obviously got a very good look at them because he was able to pantomime, you know, like Aquamarine's wings and Topaz's like body and size. But um, I, I don't really know what were they the ones trying to like set Steven and them off the path and like put him in the spaceship ride well, i mean I it know. looked it looked like aquamarine was the one who put the dropped the fence onto doug at the end there yeah we got a pretty good look at her silhouette there but when you notice the the fence is just torn through it's facing out like somebody broke out and then if that was topaz then how on earth did onions the, the piece from his pants there how did that get on there if because unless he followed them in 
I'm, yeah, I'm confused. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, and <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> this is the first kidnapping that we see happen, though, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's sort of a little contrived. This was the first episode of The Bomb that actually dealt with the bomb stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. It doesn't. We never really get any sense as to why they would ever be trying to hide or go unnoticed. I mean, they're gems with plenty of power. I mean, what, who cares if some humans see them? They're kidnapping humans. And then I don't, I don't know why they have to be tearing through fences and whatever, like chasing after onion. Why is onion out at night though? That's why you shouldn't loiter. Really? That's the story of this episode. When you're out loitering at night, kids, uh, you're going to get abducted. Well, remember, this isn't your average everyday kid. This is Onion. He hunts at night. He feeds at night. (laughs) That may be true. But yeah, I mean, Topaz could just jump the fence. Aquamarine can fly right over it. They had no need to tear through it. Yeah, right. It's the only physical evidence they could leave, which, you know, also, I think that was the failed aspect of this episode that, you know, Mr. Hashborn is not a private investigator, but there isn't a whole lot of... um, mystery there's not a lot of clues set up like connie kind of takes the piece of fabric from the fence and like is keeping it for later which sort of feels like a short little mystery setup but then there's really nothing else we just kind of walk around Funland in different places get stuck somewhere and then get a false uh, or an incorrect testimony from our key witness you know there's not a lot of but there's just not a lot of development or anything. I mean, pretty much the whole time we're like, we think gems are involved and then Connie questions it out loud. Yeah. Uh, this episode does also continue the trend of Connie and Steven, Steven asking questions that maybe the viewer is asking, but they're asking with the wrong conclusion. Like earlier when they're in gem hunt and Connie, you know, proposes or Steven proposes the idea. One of them uh, yeah. that the gem monsters are sort of mutating. There's been a few in this newer set of episodes the past season or so where they start to maybe they're steven's not asking follow-up questions but they are being a little more inquisitive and and trying to come up with possibilities it's kind of been interesting i wish i had more examples of it but uh but they're always wrong (laughs) they're always not not the thing it's just like yes of course it's gem activity it's not mutants or anything else so steven and connie come up with a hypothesis about how pink diamond was killed we know it's wrong. <laughs> right, pretty much. It isn't interesting, though, because there used to be basically no questions. So, Also, Doug was just completely both aware and unaware. He's like, I know my daughter goes on dangerous things, which I'm apparently not that worried about, and I'm more worried about just impressing her. But also, I haven't heard any of the terms gem, homeworld, mutant. I mean, what does Connie talk to them about it or not? I just don't really know. And if they know she's going on dangerous stuff, I still don't really get how they reconcile that. It just doesn't seem like they'd feel that was safe. But whatever, she went to space with Steven. Who knows? I mean, yeah, Connie really sounds like the, the prime candidate for wearing a body camera while out on mission. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like her parents might still need a better grasp of what's going on. Yeah, they, they don't really seem to to know the lingo. No, I I don't know. I still and like with most recently her just going off to see Lars in space. I just can't believe her, her parents approved that or whatever. Doesn't make a lot of sense from what we well, know about them. Doctor Maheshwaran kind of did have a pretty big moment at the end of Nightmare Hospital where she realized that wow, I was wrong about everything. Yeah, but was she wrong about her feelings of wanting to keep her daughter safe? I mean, maybe she didn't understand what her daughter was capable of with a sword, but that doesn't mean 
<laughs> she's not still in very dangerous situations that she's not responsible for. I mean, just because Steven's 14 doesn't mean he needs a 12 and a half year old <laughs> bodyguard. But yeah, I don't know. understand why, why she, Dr. Maheshwaran could have easily been like, why, why Connie? Yeah, sure. Train for the sword thing eventually. But like, there are plenty of 20 something historical <laughs> European martial arts dudes who'd be much handier <laughs> With you against the home world. Like, I mean, I'm just saying. Or at least, why don't the gems accompany them on every single dang thing they do, you know? But obviously, you know, when it's a low-stakes funland uh, trip with Dugout, no problem. When we're going through Lion's Mane into space, though, and what to where we think's home world, don't know why the gems didn't accompany them on that. But that's not about Dugout, I suppose. Maybe not. But I wouldn't say that there's too much more to dug out. <laughs> anyway. It's a fun little episode. But I, again, the, the thing with the fence really gets me. The thing with the flashlight really gets me. I, I'm okay with the whole uh, Doug not being aware of what's going on with the whole Connie thing. Like, why would why would she freak her parents out by giving them all the gory details? Yeah. Well, you know, what Doug should have done is done his actual job though because at the end he just drives away and doesn't let the poor kid who's just out at night you know he should have been like hey let's take you home to your parents at the the very least give onion a ride home but then he just would have got picked up later so yeah i'm not saying it would have uh it would only have delayed his abduction but still uh you know there wasn't a good reason for them to have just left him out there in the dark except that maybe we all just know that that's where onion belongs yeah I mean, to be honest, I, I think he kind of let Topaz take him, because if Onion didn't want to go, ugh, would have been a very different picture. Don't blame the victim, GC. But yeah, I agree. Onion could have probably taken him out, or at least he did in one of the comics. Take out a gem <laughs> like it was nothing. Maybe he was just willing to go along for the ride. He doesn't take it out. He it, he terrifies them, because the gem <laughs> knows what's coming. So, I mean, I think this was an instance of Onion's mercy, not of... <laughs> Not of any weakness. Maybe he was calm about it for a different reason. You know, there's no reason that we have to think that Onion still isn't White Diamond. I'm just saying. This could have been a very intentional, secretive way to be taken back to Homeworld after, uh, you know, uh, thousands of years of absence. Yeah, Onion needs a ride home. It's time to go home, White Diamond. The, the, The crystal gems keep breaking the galaxy warp. How else is he going to get home? Uh, But yes, I I love Connie's father. I I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. We get the we get the bumbling side of him again in winter forecast with the whole dad. You can't drive in the snow. Yes, I can. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, I can't. That's true. That one really sold his nature of goofiness again. Although in the aspect of being a very overprotective or dedicated father like he's just got to come and get her he can't trust her to be in someone else's care but that's okay for poor old (laughs) doug uh but yeah doug great character wouldn't mind wouldn't mind him showing up in another episode connie's father has to obviously obviously Uh, i love the the fact that they get their aliases veronica and peter which uh, would make doubly sure that Aquamarine and Topaz don't get onto Connie's trail early because they're going by their alter egos during this episode, so they never hear the word Connie. That's true. Well, and Steven's a lot more dedicated to his role, too. <laughs> yeah, he's he's even doing the accent. 
<laughs> Acting. What's his? I should have written down the meatball quote. He's like, "We're in a spicy meatball." I yeah. just died. We have to get out of the spicy meatball. <laughs> uh, so, have you anything else to add? I have nothing else to add. Dug out, you know, solid, solid towny episode, and an interesting start to a terrifying series of abductions. Well, that's us done about Dugout. Join us next week where we'll be talking about the good Lars. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a awesome review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.